<laughs> I am recording as well. All right, what's up? Are you awake? Maiden A to Z, it. Hello and welcome to Maiden A to Z. My name is Eric, and with me as always is my co-host Jonathan. And with me, as always, Greg. Or not always, but uh, yeah, <laughs> you're both my co-hosts now. We're yeah, yeah. very cozy for me, right? We got Greg from the acclaimed speed metal podcast, So Far So Pod So What, on our network, the Deep Dive Podcast Network. Yeah. This is where it all began for me. That's true. With the chocolate milk, right? Yes, that's what chocolate milk, yes. Chocolate milk, that's right. <laughs> Iron Maiden tapes for chocolate milk, yep. It's really, yeah. this is where it all began for me. This is where my podcast, uh, my official podcast journey really started. You know what? I don't know if it made a cut, but one of the first things you said here on Maiden A to Z, maybe before the mics went out, but one of the first things you said was you were acknowledging your uh, now dad bod. And you said... It's all right, you know, it's fine, but mankind has got to know its limitations. That's right. Dave Mustaine quote. A sign foreshadowing. of things, a foreshadowing, a sign of things <laughs> yeah. to come. That's right. I think that did make the cut, actually, if I remember correctly. Uh, I mean, if I edited it, yeah, it should have, right? So that's where we are, uh, back in the cradle, as you said. That's back right. This is interesting because um, way back, sort of very early on, in your, when, you, when you started, uh, you know, uh, being on the show... There's one song in particular you said that you that you wanted to do uh, quite early on, and that is a song we're, one of the songs we're going to talk to talk about today. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was an interesting choice, but I, I do very much I very much enjoy this song, so I was I'm, I've been excited to do this one. My favorite yeah. song. It's my favorite song from this era of the band for sure. All right, and I mean a lot of it is probably just because it's kind of faster, but uh, I also think it's a very good song. And the lyrics are fun too. So since we've been mixing up the order of things a, a few times, oh shit, that's I right, just yeah, gonna have to say thing. that man off uh, sorrows comes in before <laughs> man on the edge because that's off, right. you know, f. That's but right. But we're gonna do man on the edge now. That's why Greg is here. So we're gonna do that now, and we figure out the other one. Yeah, yeah. Because there's, I think there's um, more to say about man on the edge, and I think we we can probably make something of man of sorrows happen. Worst case, because we yeah, have a bit of a time. another session. I think we can focus yeah. on man on the edge today. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I kind of need to have the office cleared in like an hour and forty minutes. Yeah, so man on the edge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's man on the edge. All right, fall All right. Da- down. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's you're talking about. That's that's one of your favorites or early things you mentioned about how it's just shouting a movie title. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, not I specifically mean, about this song though. You just said that was something you, you you pulled out, but not specifically about this song. But this is one of the cases. Well, they just yelling. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's like if it, it's almost like when you get to the chorus, like if you're listening to the lyrics and you're wondering, like, is this about falling down? And then they get to the chorus and you're like, okay, yeah. So well, now it's it, yeah, it's, yeah. it's definitely about falling down. <laughs> yeah. Pretty nice chorus, though. I just love how they got rid of the ambiguity in the chorus. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's like in the Klansman if he was yelling Braveheart. <laughs> <laughs> Braveheart. It would have been a worse song. That'd be great. Yeah, oh, yeah, very much so. Um, That'd be great. That would be great. So, for the man on the edge, 
I think the first remarkable thing, something I noticed uh, first ever time I heard the song was this little intro. It's a nice intro. So I'm guessing Janik is playing lead on this. And Dave is doing the brang with a nice chorusy, clean tone. I would imagine so. The weird part is now Dave is in the right speaker. He mm-hmm. was always in the left. But then again, the lineup is, as we know, not the same. Right, yeah. It's, it's, so maybe um, they moved over. Still five-piece. Still five-piece at yeah. this point. Uh, yeah, what I do you mean. think about the intro, Greg? You remember the first time you heard it? I, I do, do, actually. I do, actually. Um, go ahead first then. Because I kind of, I remember, uh, what, is this song three or four on the album? Three. Three? Yeah. yeah. I remember hearing it because it, I kind of, you know, and this is, I, unfortunately, this is one of these things that has kind of stuck with me for the most part about the album is that it's very, it's a demanding listen. It can be. And yeah. even mm-hmm. at, and I could say this even at 40 years old, but at, it was even more so at like, 14 you know or whenever however old i was when i first heard it probably right around the time it came out and i remember when i got to this song you know it's great intro but then when the drums kick in i remember it kind of got my attention back again because it's more aggressive and rainbow tempo yeah very much very that's a great way to put it rainbow tempo absolutely kill the king yeah something like kill the king or um uh, yeah what's that one light in the black or yeah light in the black yeah absolutely Mm mm-hmm so, Eric, uh, your first listen, if you have one in your I, memory. I don't remember my very first uh, one, but I do, rec- I do recall when, when I sort of... I mean, nowadays, I, I'm much more a fan of this album than I was when I initially heard it. Because, uh, it, like you said, like, Greg, it is a bit of a demanding uh, listen, and it's not really what you're kind of used to, what I was what, at that point. Um, but with that being said, this is one of the first ones I did actually uh, enjoy um, fairly early on. Because it has a bit more oomph to it than, like you know, like Fortunes of War and stuff. And I do enjoy Fortunes of War. Just say, <laughs> a bit. It just it's yeah yeah yeah. A there's, lot. there's there's a a lot more yeah. There's um there's some, I mean I think that they're doing some interesting stuff overall in the album, but the energy on this one is sort of more akin to what they you know some old some of the older material, and they don't really, uh, they don't really. I think this is this is probably the only sort of track on the album that, that sort of gets to that level of Oomph. first listen. I remember it because it was the first time I gave Blaze Bailey a fair shot because of this intro. You know, the, the intro kind of could take me back to Summer in Time or something like that. With maybe a harmony, maybe a guitar synth, and then we're or and better drum sound, and then we're there. You know, and, and Blaze would fit on an album. I think I always thought that that album could be all right for him because blues mm-hmm. weren't that involved. Some of the songs would have to go down, obviously, but mm-hmm. that's something we've said over and over. But um, yeah, long story short, I heard this track and I thought maybe maybe this lineup could work after all. And I would say, I would add also to your statements about challenging listen, sure, but uh, yeah. not really for the right reasons always. That's a problem for me. Challenging listen is fine, but it should be challenging because it's good, you know? Because it makes you, because you're thinking, but not because you kind of... I think a big part of the problem is why it's been so such a challenging listen is because it's in my opinion, obviously I'm, I'm I know a lot of people love this record, but like really flat kind of lifeless mix for me, like probably one of the weaker maiden guitar tones 
ever on mm-hmm. record. I mean, just yeah. the, it's really way back in the mix. It's it's really oh yeah, it's a really non-engaging mix. It's really not like this song is intense almost in spite of itself. Like like it's like or in they, spite of its production, maybe yeah, it's or, like or mix. It's like, but Eric's been onto this every time we're on yeah. the album, and it's worth repeating. Like the sound just isn't that good, especially on no, the guitars. It's uh, not. But then again, on Virtual Eleven, they come in with an even ver- worse rhythm. Yeah, sound, yeah, like yeah. Well, one. but here's the thing, though. At, at the very but least, overall, that, better mix. Yeah, it's a better mix. I mean, but like Vert, uh, X, the X Factor. It's like it's it's flatter than a plate of piss. You know, it's like <laughs> 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 not always, not always. Like Sign of the Cross. That's a demanding listen for the right reasons, in my opinion, anyway. <laughs> yeah. uh, Lord of the Flies, kind of middle of the road, and then this one, excellent too. And then we'll have several highlights along the record, but also long stretches of uh, demanding for the wrong reasons, I would say. Yeah. Well, imagine how great, like, meandering. Some of these songs would have sound with a proper mix. Like, if we take, like, this song or, Lord of, uh, or like, Sign of the Cross, Lord of the Flies, and, like, do, like, e- e- even what they're doing, Fear of the Dark. Or like, or like, you know, Kevin Shirley, he did them. It would sound so much better. Yeah. You'd, you'd, they'd sort of, I think this album would have, um, I mean, the, the, I understand there's, there's even, even if the production was top notch, there's still probably stuff on the album that'd be kind of challenging for people. Uh, but like maybe even more challenging in a good way rather than it just sounds so sort of, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no muscle to the sound. Oh, especially, very, especially like you said, especially yeah. a song Sign of the Cross, which has like the, Gregorian chants or whatever, or Mongolian chants or whatever the yeah, hell it Gregorian. is. You know, Gregorian, Gregorian chants. chants, yeah. Gregory he chants, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, like uh, <laughs> uh, a song was just <laughs> <real> <laughs> chanting alone. Maybe a song. A song like you change your name on on, on, on Twitter to Gregorian chants. Gregorian chants. That song would would really benefit from some some gas and some oomph, you know, because it yeah. does have a grandiose thing. I mean, it gets there, but when the w- verse hits, the first verse, that's too weak. So I see what you mean. Like and standing that, alone in the wind and rain, yeah. much fatter live, rock and Rio live. That's how it should sound. Yeah. I, anytime I've seen, I think I've seen them play that song live now. Well, no, I've only seen them play it live once, but when they played it live, I was like, holy shit, this is so much better than the record. Also, a big part of that is I think that, I mean, I'm, I think Bruce is a better voice for the band. I think a lot of, I, I just never, ever got used to Blaze's voice in the band. Like, to me, even on the next record when he was settled in, like, to, for the most part, even when I listen to them play the Blaze stuff now with Bruce, to me, it's like, it just works better. You know, he's the voice. He's the voice of that band. He's the voice of that band. He is, and the best lyricist too. But now that we're yeah. together, I, I, I automatically I think of our friend Ben, the Tricontinental Tribunal, mm-hmm. and he always had good points on vocal arrangements, vocal uh, melodies, and vocal production. Mm-hmm. And he would probably say that uh, it's too flat in terms of staying on the root a lot, yeah, uh, not li- lifting to the fifth, and uh, uh, things Blaze could do. You know, or if we lift another guest past um, from uh, Lap of the Pods, David, David mm-hmm. uh, Moody, mm-hmm. he uh, showed me or us rather. I mean, he spoke of it. Then I edited it in, but uh, he he ne- mentioned the the live record with Blaze and Wolf Spain. Uh, I call it Extreme Noise Terror, but that's a band. 
yes something similar to that yes yeah. it is i remember you guys talking about it and i remember thinking it's a really awesome title for a live record but it also reminded me of extreme noise terror as well yeah, yeah. yeah. excellent singing on that yeah uh, and not so root 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 uh, even though it's kind of hardcore so you can do more of that but yeah. definitely like it's like blaze wasn't wasn't free to to shine uh, with the new band uh, with the new maiden I don't think he was. It seems like it's safing and then mixing him down a bit, uh, maybe to cover something up. Not a good idea. <coughs> I'm going I'm to quote the wisdom from, believe it or not, Shad Kruger, I think his name is, in Nickelback. It's, it's mm -hmm. Shad Kruger, right? Yeah. He said that it's Kruger or Kruger? Uh, Kruger I, th yeah. I believe he actually just, he just finally had enough of the bullshit, I guess, and finally came out and said, you people have been saying my last name wrong for 20 years. I believe so, it actually. Okay. I believe Let's it actually is. Shad. I believe it is. It is Kruger, like Kruger, uh, Freddy, Shad, Shad Kruger, Kruger, or or otherwise. Shad from Nickelback. He said that if you mix down the voice, you don't really save yourself at all. It's like a kid playing hide and seek, hiding under the mat in the living room. Right. It's a good point. Like lead vocals are lead vocals. Uh, you can't really hide them. You can have another yeah. genre, like maybe atmospheric or out in reverb, but just lowering them is the same with a guitar solo, in my opinion. If it's a shitty solo, I can see why they lowered it, but it doesn't cover up that it's a shitty solo. It's just a shitty solo no. played lower. I think mixing it down really only works with the extreme vocals. If you're if you're melodic vocals, if you're tuneful vocals, you can mix it up. You can mix it down. If it doesn't fit, it's going to be exposed. It's going to stick out. Like for instance, yeah. a great example of mixing the vocals in is almost like another instrument would be anthems to the Welcome to Dusk by yeah. Emperor, where it's it's. I mean it. Yeah, you can notice the vocals, but they're basically written, they're almost mixed in like a bass guitar, maybe. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Works a yeah. charm, really, because it makes this music sound very loud. That he's almost yes, not exactly. getting above the noise level. Like he's the, we call him Isham, we call him the angry eagle trapped in a cage. Yeah. <laughs> That's right, yeah. It's so long but I, it heard, works. So I don't have it fresh in my memory, so I'm not going to try and do it. But, but, also, it but, but, when he, but also, when he does sing clean, it also works. So it's like, it's also, I think a lot of it is vocalist dependent and Blaze just, you know, just, I don't think they ever really gave him a proper chance. Like, I think I might've actually even said on my first episode that they needed to do more to make his voice more accessible to the sound of Iron Maiden. They probably needed to tune down. They probably needed to, to, to try oh, something definitely. different. Like, like Van Halen, they really, really hit a reset, you know, yep. to, to work with Sammy Hagar, Black Sabbath, same with Ronnie James Dio. You know, ACDC, ACDC. Well, ACDC may be the best, but yeah. I prefer Bon Scott. But it's just because that's his real voice, you know. Right. Yeah. Brian Johnson is doing the voice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so all this like established. Maybe we should get into the song and yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, since it's a, quite a different song from X Factor, a lot of the things we've mentioned are not really problems or issues in this song, at least in my opinion. No. So uh, we can go in fresh now. You know, we've we've done the. We've done the bad and let's get yeah. to the good. Yeah. Yannick Gars. I believe uh, this is a Yannick, Yannick uh, composition. Probably Gars Harris. Uh, yeah, Gars Gars. I was going to say it's definitely Yannick because he lifted apart from a White Spirit song. Yeah, I'm Googling now trying to find out the title because I forgot. Cheetah, I think. Cheetah. Mm. I, I actually, I misread it. It's actually uh, Blazing. Oh, Ooh. so Blaze lyrics. Okay. Yeah. Which explains probably uh, this is something how I just 
selectively, that's, my mind just decided to just, I guess, ignore this particular, there's a, there's a line in the song that is so goofy that I just like, it's, Can it's I guess? the bacon. Can I guess, Eric? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I would guess it's the, the shitty rhyme, which goes, um, he used to sell missiles for nation's defense, but now he can't even give birthday presents. <laughs> is it that one? Uh, no, it's, uh, it's let's see. It's, well, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, one of them. <laughs> defense yeah. doesn't rhyme with presents even. It's very lazy. It's a stretch. Yeah, yeah. No, this is this is this is a, this is a lyric that I was not. I did not sort of um, think about it was in there until Fergal pointed it out at some point on Twitter. Let's see if I can find it. Yeah, the car <laughs> is oven and baking. Oh no, is that's wild. my favorite line. I love that line. <laughs> <laughs> baking <laughs> is wild. <laughs> Great line. Yeah, what you said is pretty pretty. The one you picked was pretty goofy too, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but Breaking yeah. Wild sounds lyrical. It sounds fun. Uh, whereas uh, now, now he can't even give birthday presents. It, it, it's both the rhythm and the rhyme is off to me. Uh, but uh, then again, it's high tempo. So in high tempo, you, you notice less. Here's the thing about that is that it's, if you think about it, it's almost like he, he bent over backwards to make that work. But he yeah. didn't really need to bend over backwards that far i think if you maybe just change like if you think about it like like for instance like i guess i'll tie in our other show uh holy wars punishment to you by megadeth dave mustaine rhymes the word now with israel <laughs> because of the enunciation of it it doesn't you don't even realize how ridiculous it is it works don't look now to israel like that Just, uh, yeah now right. israel <laughs> Now, yeah. Israel. They don't rhyme, but because of the way he pronounced the delivery. That's why it works. Probably, now, yeah. it's, it worked way better than defense and presence, which to me is, I think, a closer rhyme in actuality, you know? Another quick example balls to the wall, verses, no rhyme, no structure. Sounds excellent. Yes. Doesn't mm -hmm. sound jarring at all. Uh, Eric, you had one, maybe? Yeah, no, just to point out that I think that it's uh, uh, pro probably the one of the less controversial opinions voiced in Israel is that it, that it does not rhyme with now. <laughs> Everyone can agree with that. That's kind of a red herring too, actually. Not to, yeah. not to completely derail into Megadeth, but that's kind of a red herring to say Israel there because the song is supposedly about North Ireland. So that's right. That's true. He's kind of tricking you. But, well, yeah. well, North but Ireland doesn't rhyme with now. Yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> I, I, I think he could have made it. I think he could have made it. Don't look now to Ireland. No, no, no. That's harder. Work. It's harder. It's definitely way harder. Definitely way harder. Yeah. What could I mean? Not to derail even more. What 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 could he put in there that does rhyme with? You know what? With Israel, it has a diphthong inside. Those words are easier to. So it should be a word with a diphthong in two vowels in a row. Oh, well, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, we might not come up with one that in on a Sunday morning. <laughs> I don't think. Yeah. So anyway, birthday presents. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think about the lyrics, Greg? Good or bad? I mean, it's basically he's just. If you it, just it, get the shoes, the, good or bad? This this could easily have just been the IMDb description of the movie falling down. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, really, I mean, it's basic, but I think it's still more fun than you know. I mean, it's, I don't know. It's a great movie. It's a great it's movie. It's a great movie. It is it's a, great a perfect movie. movie to write like an up-tempo heavy metal tune on as well, I would say. Which is weird because like the very beginning of the movie, it's it's almost it's like so painstakingly slow and it's like you could really yeah. feel 
I remember like anytime I've ever seen that movie, like they do a really great job of really drawing you in and making you feel like the misery of stop traffic and how hot it is. And it's like, really, you are it. The car is indeed an oven. And apparently the baking is quite wild. <laughs> the baking is wild. I think that's uh, how uh, Kerry King came up with God Ages All as well. Sitting in a line in LA, and he saw this sign saying "God loves you all," and he, yeah. he figured he must hate us all because this sucks. Uh, so that was Carrie King's falling down moment. Carrie King, ever the lyricist and, and researcher. <laughs> Michael Douglas's character's name is literally defense in the movie. Mm-hmm. Why? Why they didn't use that to more? You know, they could probably could probably done something of that more than you know. Trying to also, it's him. a license plate. It's his license plate in the car too that he abandons. Yeah, it's yeah. D dash fence because he works for yeah. the nation or he works for yeah he, he was like the, i don't remember what exactly he did he was loading bombs on well, the he's planes making missiles for nation's defense according yeah, to blaze well, lyric. Can, apparently and uh, it's, it's clearly a blaze lyric when you got missile in there he loves his missiles yeah and now he can't he can't give birthday presents well that's maybe i think blaze could maybe do both still it's just michael douglas's character can't but it could also be the fact that again I don't know, but you know sometimes, sometimes there might be licensing thing where they they weren't allowed to be that specific. I mean they're yelling the movie title like you said. It's, it's fairly specific. they're not bearing the lead, but maybe they couldn't use character names. I don't know. But uh, well, the I mean, makes sense. Defense anyway. I don't know how they could yeah. use the character's name defense. That would be hard to just explain. I think in a lyric. So I would rather well, have I, I think, think, nation's defense and then rhyme it with something better than presents. That's my uh, solution. Because there's nothing wrong with the ones he built missiles for nation's defense. You know, it's quite telling. It gives you yeah. uh, part of the character, you know, his background. But him not being able to give birthday presents doesn't say so much about his current state. Or maybe no. it does, I don't know. Uh, it, it doesn't really explain why he's not able to do this. Bad line. Uh, lyrics overall, uh, Greg, you didn't pick there. You have to pick good or bad without any further... Uh, I don't know. I mean, I can't... I'll say that uh, I'll give a, I guess, kind of a maybe a, a cop out diplomatic answer. I'll say they're engaging. I mean, I I can I can follow them because I I like the movie. I think so. That I guess at the very least they're interesting. But I do know that a guy, a friend I worked with a long, long time ago, we used to have fun with the chorus at work, where we just used to replace all the the <laughs> all the falling downs except for the first one with just other Michael Douglas movie titles. <laughs> so we would just sing the song work and we'd be Spartacus. like falling down war of the roses <laughs> wall street like we would just replace other <laughs> that's right spartacus is another dude that's no, that's, that's his dad it's his dad that's his dad or else that's his that, dad. Then it qualifies that's right. because it fits too spartacus yeah, yeah. He's uh, oh, no, that's right that's right it was it was uh Falling down, war of the roses, fatal attraction. <laughs> <laughs> well, not bad. <laughs> I, ju- I just looked. That apparently, there's 173 words that rhyme with defense. Okay. So, but you could pick any one of those. Should you use, however, a, a rhyme or a dictionary when you write lyrics? I try not to. I never did because it felt no. too shameful. But maybe you should. Sometimes, you know, it's... Maybe because in this case, I often maybe. use words like fire, and maybe I should try and find something that rhymes with fire. The dire fire, Israel. Yeah, Israel. You're <laughs> <laughs> in trouble for this one. Uh, apparently, you can rhyme the word Israel with anything. That's true. 
Or yeah. Dave can. <laughs> Dave can. Yeah. Um, um, there we go. Okay, I'm going to are. I'm going to say they're good. I'm going to be like just a, a nice fella today. The, yeah, I mean, I I underline the line that is really to me very shit. But other than that, it's kind of fun. Uh, engaging is, is a good word, and uh, I even liked the video sort of to this one. It wasn't too bad. Uh, Maiden is not a great music video band. But no. this one, I mean, things kind of fall into place, I think, in this song overall. Like everything quite, is quite literally falling into place. <laughs> well, that's not what he's doing at all in the film. Falling, yeah. he's falling he's not, he's not, No, but in the video, people, isn't there people jumping off things in the video? In the video, I think it's a rooftop scenario type thing. I don't even. Yeah, but the people, I think I've only seen the video once myself, maybe. Not many times. It's pretty good. We can watch a snippet of it. Uh, I think the video. I think we, we, it's it's. Uh, I think the um, it's for the era that I was in. There's a lot of crappy videos right around that, that time. And that, but that that was. I, I recall it was, it was compared to other Maiden videos that are horrendous. This this was at least all right. There's some stuff that are, is is like. Oh, they have really bad horrible. videos. I really, honestly, I don't really think that. I think that how bad their videos are. I think they get an excessively bad rap. I don't really think that they're. I don't think they're as terrible as people think they are because almost all of them are just performance videos anyway, right? That's true. I mean, there's, you know? there's some, some, of the, some of those I, are fine. I think if anything, course, people, maybe they get a bad rap just because the shit that they wore was very indicative or, or very, very, hasn't aged very well. You know, I'm like, okay <laughs> with the clothes. Uh, I mean, actually, the 80s videos, uh, they're a bit boring, but they're not so bad. And then, uh, well, if, if like anything, Holy Smoke is great. Yeah. It's a great video. Well, that's that's, that's a rap I can. If someone wanted to say their videos are boring, I could give them that because, like I said, they're almost yeah. all performance based. And so you could say that, yeah, okay, then then if that's then yeah, I could see. I'll buy that they're boring or they're redundant, you know. But like as far as like, I mean, I could think of like the video to I Ran by Flock of Seagulls is way worse than any Iron Maiden video. I mean, that video just straight it. up, that video straight up sucks. How, how about the, because uh, like a few years after this, they did what I think is the worst video, uh, Angel the Gambler. Gambler. That's, a hard, that's a hard one to love. <laughs> okay, I'm presenting, I think, so let's just yes. watch a bit of it because I, I want to remember what it looks like. Are they using this kind of fish islands, I think? Yeah. He has these weird hand movements. He just insists on doing it. He does that in the Angel the Gambler. He's like fucking. It's like a cat's on his hand to try and get it off. Yeah, this is one of their okay videos, actually. I still think this kind of strobe lightning, uh, bit weird lenses and stuff. It's all right. I think it works. You know, yeah. It, yeah. it fits their vibe at the time and it fits the song. You know, and it feels fast. Like uh, yeah. it, it, it goes with the tempo of the song. Yeah, kind of. It's all right. We don't have to watch the whole thing. Oh yeah, there's some clips also of businessmen uh, in distress. And cars, bacon cars. Well, I will say that maybe some of the uh, the effects maybe haven't aged so well as far as like that's the, true. Uh, that's true. You know, but Nico looks pretty cool. Nico looks like a death metal drummer yeah. in this one, for some reason. I'm sure that nowadays, if you post this video, like on, you, you could maybe get it. You might even get flagged because you can't. But I mean, I had to, I put a, a meme on on um, an Instagram it had to do with like. You know, it's, it's 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 someone jumping off a building to realize that he uh, didn't have any superpowers and he's just falling off the building. And it's it's like spider. It's 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 they had taken the Spider-Man logo, they just removed the word spiders, just said man. Yeah. And I got that removed because I was like apparently promoting, uh, uh, you know, self harm and stuff. And I got I actually got flagged. So I like I I had a I, I still have there's still things on Instagram I'm not, I'm not allowed to do because of that thing. 
I did like two years ago. Really? Well, you know, I remember after 9-11 happened, the FCC banned a lot of stuff that involved any sort of, like, this would have been banned after September 11th because, you know, oh, yeah, people, oh, people yeah. did jump out of the, they did jump out of the Twin Towers, you know. So and these skyscrapers like, are burning too. Yeah, so, I mean, exactly. So this, this straight up, I mean, not like there was, <laughs> I mean, let's be honest here, you know, the MTV was still kind of a, a music video format at that point. They, they weren't showing Iron yep. Maiden videos from 1995, so it's not like that it really had a chance of getting played anyway, but had it been, it would have been banned. Well, there might have been, like, I mean, every now and again you had, like, uh, you know, Headbangers Ball, but they they always did kind of more current stuff. Like that. Yeah. They, 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 I mean, there's, it, it could have happened, but it would happen at such, like, a, it wouldn't have been any fe- heavily featured in any kind of, you know, primetime situation. But where I know that Machine Head had they one of their... Uh, videos pulled because of that because they had one that also people falling out of things. Oh um, man, it also and it also came out on nine eleven. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So did God hates us all. Actually. So did God hates us all. That's right. Yeah. Uh-huh. And also, we mentioned a guy earlier, uh, Chad Chad Kruger. His his uh, his one of uh, one of Nickelback's their uh, the, the, their big album, the one of How You Remind Me, that came out on nine eleven as well. Yeah. Oh, yep. Yeah, that's oh, a massive yeah. hit. It was it was a busy day here in America. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. Actually, that's really weird. So the uh, no, but like I said, I think that video is fine. I think, yeah. like you said, the effects maybe haven't aged well. I, I don't think that because um, uh, they were obviously probably probably cutting edge at the time, and that's that's all you can really, you know. Yeah, even now, I if mean, you look, if you look, cutting edge was also really expensive at the time. Like it was hard to yeah. to make things look cool. Oh, well, like the graphics, you know, the, the drawn came, stuff. Yeah, I can't begin to imagine how much like CG would have cost. And it was already then. probably quite an expensive video as yeah. is. So you know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if if you look at like CG effects now, even like um, uh, if, like, if we take like any of the Marvel movies, like even just a movie like a year apart from each other, the effects will the, the CG at least to some degree often improves, and that's just a year. Imagine what it's going to be in, like since '95 to now. Oh yeah. yeah. And then it's also about who can pay like a hundred animators instead of three. You know. Yeah. Like, yeah. like even the writing on the wall had forty animators. That the Maiden video. For Maiden it. was kind of on a, they were on a downswing too, so I'm sure they probably weren't playing with the same amount of money as they normally would have been, you know, say right. six years earlier. You know, not like, I mean, again, not like their graphics and music videos have aged any better, but I'm just saying that from a financial perspective, they were I playing with... I would say they the, got worse. No, they got I, worse. Yeah, they were playing with a lot less money in the till in 1995 than they were in 1988, that's for sure. They were on, they were, they were on an independent label in America. At the time, oh yeah. So I mean, yeah, they were they were not. That's nuts. I mean, there was it was it was crazy. They were playing like fifteen hundred seater clubs. Hmm. That's nuts. Yeah, that's true. It's so weird to think about now. Yeah, it is incredibly. If you, yeah. if you look at like whether you're posting on the social medias at this point, like where they're you know they're only they're they're in the U.S. now touring and like it's like these p- p- packed arenas. When they play now, the entire city's showing up. True. Yeah, I think it's funny because if you look at like stuff like maybe like the Run to the Hills video and that kind of thing where. You know, clothing aside, those have aged way better than stuff they did, you know, like in the early 2000s because they were so heavily relying on the, the, you know, the current uh, CG stuff. Like if you take like the different world or like, um, you know, just the ones that are straight up, just computer animated shit. And it just looks, it it looks horrible. Oh, of course. Of course. Well, I mean, well, look at their album. Well, I mean, Dance of Death, the album cover itself. I mean, just look no further. (laughs) I mean, they've struggled with CG. They, uh, they shouldn't have gone the CG path, probably. And then those old videos, what's nice about like the Trooper and uh, Run to the Hills, Number of the Beast, is that they, you know, they're so basic. 
Yeah. So all, and all those like the black and white shots in them, it works because it's kind of basic and 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 you know it's not really attempting to look like a fantasy land or mm-hmm. anything like that. You know, it's mm-hmm. just like a, you think like oh an old movie is running on the theme of the song. Yeah. And it's it's fine. Like Ace is high. It's pretty cool. The video is mm-hmm. pretty cool. It's probably literally movies. They were they were sort of like at this point were public domain. They could use for free. I imagine. Yeah. They weren't. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. Let's dive into the music of the track Indeed. by listening to the origin track then, Sheeta, because uh, it's a pretty good, cool song. It's a pretty good song, uh, White Spirit uh, with Janik. Uh, and yeah. I think like definitely 70s, but I'm not sure if it's, it could be early I'd 80s. Say, I think it might be late, late 70s or very early 80s for sure. Yeah. Sheeta. Have you heard this one, Eric? I've not. Kind of a deep purple sound. I would say his uh, his Blackmore is showing. Yeah. yeah, the riff and the sound too, and like the interplay. And it also has that tempo, right? The Kill yeah. the King tempo, sort of. Oh, definitely. You can definitely hear there's a bit of um, there's a bit of, of the edge, yeah. I think yeah. there's a lick that comes. Oh yeah, th- there's there's a lick coming up that they bring back right before the solo section for Man on the Edge. This is nice, by the way. If this came out, it would be huge. Now, if this came out now, it would be huge. Yeah. I think so, yeah. This is the link. That's yeah, that's the future then. They're dating. But I think it might be part of the solo bit or something in Man of the Edge. I'm he, not sure. He, right before the solos, he but the only they, they start with that one lick and then they obviously they climb up on it. And one time, right? I think twice. I think, they, okay. I think they bring her out twice. We'll soon find out. Yeah, let's listen to that bit too. What happens next will amaze you. <laughs> yeah. What happens on, on page 13? And there's like five ads before page 13. That will amaze you. Exactly. Actually, I have a really, I have a nerd, like, deeply nerdly analysis of the singing on this song. All right. Well, uh, this riff. Great, in my opinion. Great riff. Oh, yeah. Very, very Blackmore. Oh, incredibly. Maybe Jolin Turner era, almost, that riff. Yeah, I would say, like, um, the... Um, so, uh, straight Between the Eyes. Straight perhaps. Between the Eyes, yeah. Def- Death Alley Driver. De- Death Alley Driver, yeah, 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 absolutely. Oh. Fuck yeah, dude. Great bounce here, by the way. Kind of a D beat, you know, the the hardcore. Yeah, yeah. But a bit slower. Yeah. 
got a very nerdy vocal up today. Yeah, it's about, it's about the it's central to the chorus, so it's coming up. By the way, when he sings "Just You Look Around," I always heard "Just Future Real" when I was younger. Just Future Real, Israel. If you listen to the way he says "down" in this chorus, he says it differently in the second chorus. You'll hear it. I don't know if that's a vocal inconsistency or if it's just a vocal trick. I'm not really sure. I'm more inclined to think that maybe it's just an inconsistent take. You know? Yeah. Good pre-chorus. Nice uh, chord choices for that one. And the Let's hear the chorus. Yep. Yeah, if you listen to the first chorus, the way he says down, it's very much down, you know, every time. Mm -hmm. If you listen to the second chorus, he says down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, like he, he enunciates the word differently in the second chorus. And to me, that always stuck out to me in, in not in a good way. I was like, oh, that, that like to me, like that should be like, uh, like the producer, Steve should have been like oh let's pull that back a little bit uh which one yeah. would, would you have used the first or the second i would have used the first one the first you know, All right. because yeah. because i just think that i mean i i don't know maybe maybe i'm i mean i wouldn't even say it's a, it's a strong maybe that i'm overthinking it but like to me that always jumped out at me and, and like i said not in like i was kind of like oh really like to me if i was if i was the producer i would have pulled back well, let's try that again you kind of nailed the downs a little bit better on the first chorus Yeah. You know? I have more a problem with the opposite, actually. Like, I get annoyed when I listen to records and I hear that it's copy-paste choruses. You know, in the in the click track era, you may be a bit lazy to do three choruses, uh, unique ones. So when I hear like an inconsistency in a chorus, I always I always feel like it's more like uh, sounds uh, more luxurious to me. Like they took more takes, uh, they didn't just copy-paste. No, that's that's fair. But I look at the the way I'm looking at his vocal vocal here would be as if there was like a kind of a a harmony line yeah. in a chorus and if it was brought back around the second time the bend was like different you know and it was like which i guess that probably wouldn't bother me maybe i'm just a uh <laughs> maybe just an, an, an anti-vocalite but um like uh <laughs> maybe maybe i'm just being harder on on vocalists than i would be for guitarists but like to me like it just never really never really sat with my ears it always it, like even like i've had this take for it, it jumped out at me almost like first listen and i didn't know anything about music in 1995 i didn't shit i was dumb you could say i'm still dumb now but like i'm certainly less dumb than i was in 1995 i think but um i think probably everyone is yeah, less dumb well, than they were well, well that's probably you'd be, yeah, that i would be eric i'm gonna tell you right now that is not true <laughs> no, that's not true. I realized I was saying it. That makes no sense. Yes. No, that's, I mean, that's 100% not true. Uh, no, so what, is it, what does he do in the third chorus? I don't even remember. We I got a solo to do in between also. Uh, I just had oh, the yeah. idea. I didn't, uh, when you said harmony, this chorus could have been a good place to use a harmony, actually. A uh, vocal harmony. Oh, Because it's kind of repetitive. and yeah. uh, it's, uh, What's that word again? Uh, Redundant? Repeating motif. Uh, not that bad. It's more like... Uh, <laughs> 
ostinato, that's the name, ostinato, when you have like a, the same melody, but the chord change underneath. Uh, yeah. The trooper okay. is like that in the verses too, like the guitar harmony melody is stagnant while the bass changes. So this chorus has that going on, and I think uh, that's one of the easiest things to harmonize. So yeah. they should have maybe harmonized it. Probably it would have, yeah. I pro yeah. It, it, the, uh, it, yeah, it probably, I mean, that's the best way to make a, a vocal inconsistency go away sometimes. Just harmonize it. You know? Yeah, and I mean, they could do something <laughs> like a, a 90s version of Flight of Icarus with this chorus, I think. That yeah. could be really cool. So, uh, but I guess, you know, they just, instead of trying to re-adapt the, the way they do harmonies, they just stop doing them, basically. Yeah. yeah. Listen to this lick here that's from Cheetah uh, and a bit of a solo then. Yeah, here it loops. Yeah, very nice. Very gorgeous. The solos in this song are, this is peak 90s Yannick Dave trade-off. Yannick all the way, baby, it's nasty. A good solo. Some of his trademarks. Yep, David. Oh yeah, this is great. This is like an animal running loose. A cheetah. David, yes, David is excellent here. Oh yeah, yeah. What a good solo. I was gonna say, I just went to listen. I've always really liked. I was playing. I really like that bit. How it goes back into the riff. That, that it just sounds. I just love that. Have you guys ever heard the live version of this oh, yeah. on yep. that that they did with Bruce that came out on that comp? Mm -hmm. Yep. The Dave Murray portion of the the live version uh -huh. solo on this, it is. I mean, it's so chaotic. <laughs> like he's he, like I mean, it's it's totally wah soaked. There's there's, I mean, it's it's almost kind of Yannick how how explosive it is. To that. But like, there's there's one part in the solo where. I'm almost, I'm fairly certain like his hand falls off the fretboard and it's cause it just seems like there's just like, there's just a, a second of just total cacophony <laughs> soaked in wah, but it just sounds so awesome. Listen to it? Yeah, we have to listen to it. It's maybe one of the laziest song intros ever, but it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> this is a bit different too. Two lead guitars. Yeah, I believe uh, Smith and Gers <coughs> doing this together. Oh, what? Yeah. yeah. I think Nico is cool on this one. Very aggressive drumming. Yeah. It's a better song now. Good energy in this in this version. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, I mean, you can picture it. He's fucking jumping around like the crocodile hunter and fucking. Yep. <laughs> <you know>? <laughs> <laughs> Very early on, I heard this because it was on uh, the B sides for the Brave New World singles. I stole the image of the crocodile hunter. Thank you. It was joyful. <laughs> well, that's that's it. That's Bruce Dickinson. You know. Let's hear him do the chorus. Milano. That sounds pretty glorious. Yeah, this, this is amazing. Oh, dude, the, the solos are my favorite part. 
of the live version. They're just so gross. Awesome. This is cool how they modulate as well. Very classic Phantom of the Opera style, you know. Just moving it around. Organic. Kind of cool tone, sounds like gravel. Yeah. Here comes Davey. Nice. Just falls a little short on that bend, but it's cool enough. Yeah, but then he saves it with the extra. He's exaggerating. Yeah. It's a smart yeah. trick when you do like a sour bend, and then instead of like uh, yeah. just, uh, you know, leaving the hall uh, with shame, you just yeah. exaggerate it. Yeah. That's a smart move. Yeah. Yes. More is more. Yeah. More is indeed more. Yes. Uh, that's very much it. That's very, uh, that's a very Swedish quote, Mr. Mr. Malmsteen. More is more. More. More is more. Why do, we, why do people say less is more? More is yeah. more. Yes, 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 Engve. We understand. We do. we do. I mean, I guess literally speaking, yes, that is correct. That more is indeed more. more. If you have more yes. of something, you have more of it, not less of it. More is definitely now. more. Go, go figure uh, Mr. Malmsteen is one to, uh, to miss the nuance of such yeah, a statement. Or, or disregard it. That's what you never know. That's oh, what yeah. you never know. I love those people that you can't tell if they're yes. genius or complete like uh, knobhead or maybe both. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you can tell. I mean, that's. Well, but I can't with Malmsteen. <laughs> you know, maybe you can, but I can't with Malmsteen. No, I don't know. I'm trying. To, I'm, I'm having. Yeah. Speaking of Ingve, I did see the um, the Dio movie this oh. week, and um, it's it's excellent. I don't know, I, Jonathan. You said it's making its way over there next yeah, month. It's, right? it's, here now. it's here in some places, but my ticket is for two weeks from now. Oh, okay. You guys, it's it's excellent. Can't recommend it high enough. But they have a a brief clip of. Uh, when they did the Hearing Aid Project, which is basically the heavy metal We Are the World in the 80s. Wasn't it called Stars? It, it, yeah. Stars, that's right. And Ingve uh, was there, and they had a you know Spinal Tap was involved, and uh, David Saint Hubbins was like, <laughs> he said, he said, I love that Ingve Malmsteen. I love how he puts the J in his name, so he could differentiate himself from all the other Ingve Malmsteens of the world. That's typical of their dry humor is great. <laughs> yeah, he wouldn't want to mix up with other the other yeah, ones. Exactly, all the Ingve Malmsteens. Yeah, out no, there. like the the, uh, the accl acclaimed novelist. <laughs> yes. Nice one, mate. They asked us to do the leads, but like I said before, you know, I didn't want to blow these other blokes away. You know, I've been doing this a lot longer than they have. You know, I've got pipes. I've got pipes I haven't used yet. He could break the board in there. You know, yeah, it's okay. really it's an act of mercy to the engineers yeah. that he doesn't sing lead. I met the Ingrid Malmsteen person, you know, 
And once you get the hang of his name, you know, he's like, he's really incredible. I really did. I bought his album the other day and I just, I threw my guitar out. I said, why bother? Why bother? You know, use it as a coffee table, you know, because I can't play the thing like that. He's great. I like the way he puts Ingwe J. Malmsteen on his album so you know you don't confuse him with all the other Ingwe Malmsteens in the business. That's not even his name, that's another fun thing. I know, that's not even his name. I know. Oh yes, sounds a bit like rock and roll, doesn't it? Guilty as charged, coming from the oasis of cultural ignorance over here. Um, Ingve Malmsteen, is that like the... The Swedish equivalent of like a Johnny headline is that like a superstar sounding name over there in Sweden or like what? <laughs> like, I, I think know. it sounds kind of shreddy, Malmsteen. Like uh, you know, it's like kind of uh, because of course the classic guys they were German, Austrian, and that kind of stuff. So it has that ring to it. Okay, uh, Malmsteen, okay. Malmstein, and Ingve. I don't know, man. I don't know about the first name. I mean, like if if I mentioned uh, if I say the name. Uh, uh, Arnold George Dorsey, you have no idea what I'm talking about, but for some reason that gentleman decided I need a name that just, you know, slaps, so he decided, and he's not changed his name to Engelbert Humperdinck. So, <laughs> that is entirely true. <laughs> but, like, Ingve, I've, I mean, you guys would know better than me. Are there any, have you guys ever come across any other Ingves in Sweden? I've never. No, no. I have a thing I want to run by you, Eric, because uh, uh, mm -hmm. you are indeed here in this country. I've run I'm this here. by some uh, Americans and, and such, I think. Uh, speaking of like proper rock stars, real actual rock stars. So not, for example, Matthias Eklund, even though he's awesome, he's not a rock star. I think Sweden has one, and that's Yngwie Malmsteen. I can't think of any more. Maybe ABBA. Oh, what about jo Joey Tempest? Oh, yeah, yeah I true. Give that's a rock star. He, he's, uh, he's not uh, like a super high-level Aussie, but he's definitely in the rock star Tier. He's saying the final countdown. Yeah, he's, he's, I mean, he's there. So him and Ingve, yeah. that's about it, I think. I don't know. I, th I, th I think that if you go, I mean, uh, I mean, how would you define, how, how are we defining a rock star? Well, the best is if we have a common definition that we both share. And I'm not just saying it uh, like, uh, what is a rock star really? I mean, it should you be know one when you see one. Mythological, oh, yeah. obnoxious. Yeah, yeah. Or you know one when you see one. And I think Ingve and... Uh, and Joey would be maybe the only from Sweden. We don't have that many of those. We like, let's say, Mikael Åkerfeldt, not a rock star. I, well, yeah, I guess I guess it depends what you. Uh, you know, I, I think I think you probably you probably. But I'm curious if you have any contenders though. Well, there's there's maybe two levels of rock star. There's the one that's born in the conventional sense, which is like larger than life, like you said, maybe a little obnoxious. But then there's the ones who are rock star in in stature and clout. And you could say that Mike Ackerfeld is probably a rock oh, yeah. star because of how respected he is and the cachet he kind of carries with himself wherever mm -hmm. he goes. You know, he puts his name on something and it automatically has instant right. credibility, you know? So that's that's a different level of rock stardom, you know? I, you could say that, like, maybe that's kind of more of like a, like a, 
a rush or pink floyd level of rock starism where there's once their name is on it there's like a certain acumen of of musical credibility which is automatically assumed. but i would guess rush and pink floyd are vastly uh, bigger in numbers than opeth oh assume, i mean yeah i would say <laughs> i would say that that's well yeah yeah it's 100 percent, <laughs> and that's also yeah. part of it right but he, he, i would say maybe he's like a right a, a guy that would be maybe a star of a scene a michael okefeld that is Whereas these other rock stars are like of and, the world. In multi, in mul- like multiple scenes. In multiple scenes, if you think about but, it. But, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Joey, yeah, is, 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 uh, that was a good like uh, second one at least. So we may, might have had two rock stars here. But yeah. uh, well, th- the thing also, is, you don't need to be a rock star. To, you can be no. amazingly no. Uh, accomplished in music without being a rock star. Maybe you don't even want to. Yeah. But here's the thing, though. Like My, my definition of stars is has is, is become is so skewed by by the preponderance well, that's not even the word preponderance the abundance of bands that i listen to from sweden like to me like <laughs> like if maddie karki from dismember was walking down my yeah. street i i'd fawn about it like i'm a 12 year old girl yeah. you know like i like i would be like i'd be like holy shit holy shit if you know if uh nikki anderson you know, came walking he's down the street. Rock star, I would say. Shit, holy okay. shit! Yeah, no, he. I, 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 he's I, 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 think, rock I think he would qualify, but but that's the yeah. thing because, like, for like, yeah, like for me, uh, no offense to Joey Tempest if he's listening, and of course we know he is, obviously. Um, if he can, <laughs> Joey Tempest, friend of, friend of the show. show. Uh, if, if he can walk in the street, you know, I'd go. Oh, that, that's 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 Joey Tempest, and that would be it. That's it. Uh, I've literally ran into Michael Grafeld. He lives right near here. Yeah, I hear from friends too that yeah. they run into him. <laughs> it's a j- jarring experience. So I, 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 I'm a, well. I, I, I think what ends up happening is because I don't want to bother him because I, I sort of end up probably overcompensating the other direction where it's like if you if you were to look in my way, it looks like I'm actively avoiding him. <laughs> but no, but but for me, yeah. So he is that big a deal. Like if I were to run into yeah. the um, he. Uh, Jonathan mentioned a guy called Matthias Eklund, who's a guitarist in Free Kitchen. For me, I mean, for me, when I was uh, when I was a kid, you know, when I just discovered them, he was he was a rock star to me. He was that big for me. So so I think more so than you know than uh, than Ingve, who you know. I, yeah, yeah. Again, oh, well, okay, same for we, same for we, for me with Mike. Uh, he was way more a rock star for me to me than Ingve, but I'm just one guy, right? So uh, that's my, probably the uh, the guy from Ghost. He's probably up there, right? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, right. Kind of a yeah, rock star, actually. Tobias. Kind of a yeah, star. he's a. I, he's wearing dude, jewelry dude. now. Even that's kind of rock far, star thing to do. Dude, I'm wearing, as far as as far really as America's though. concerned, that dude is, is a, rock a rock star. star Eric, did Eric, did you see he threw out a he threw out a pitch at the Chicago White Sox game? Yeah, I saw that. That was that was. That's a rock star. Yeah, then you're a rock star automatically. I don't even. I in makeup, Johnny. I don't. I, I don't know if I don't know if you can understand truly how ridiculous that is eric you've spent time I know, over here I you know, probably uh, yeah, can't yeah. understand that, that surprised is, me that is so when i saw that on twitter it's like my my brain liquefied i was like Holy even mine and i only shit. know this concept by a far distance right culturally and in miles but still yeah. like, like oh or that happened wow okay cool i liked it yeah that, that that's a that's a big deal that's a big deal i think i said something on twitter well no i, I would obviously know i said something on twitter about it it's like who had on their bingo card uh, satanic arena rock frontman discovered by Lee Dorian and Fenris throws out pitch at white Chicago White Sox? It's so game. weird. Like no one, no one saw that coming. Like I mean, that's it's ridiculous. So yeah, I would say that that 
That he guy is, is a rock yeah, star. He's got at least he is in America. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. that guy's no, a rock star in America too, because he's he's got like these huge um, uh, commercial um, areas in the subway. You know the the what do you call that? Like posters, but bigger. There's a word for it, but everyone knows what I'm talking about. And he's got like huge billboard, not billboards, yeah. but I know what you mean. Yeah, like huge, huge uh, yeah. space in the public space, and that's rock story too. You know, to get that space. There's that, but it's also interesting because we jumped back a couple of years ago, and sort of like went back when they were sort of just Ghost was just starting out. We didn't know who he was. There was a sort of uh, there was a sort of something mystic about them almost. And now he's throwing out pictures at White Sox. It's it's very it's it's a weird it's a Strange path he's taking through. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's, I mean, totally no one saw that coming. But ultimately, I guess to kind of circle back, while the, we, we've pinpointed three, possibly four rock stars uh, of Swedish descent, I think when I think of a rock star, because we kind of mentioned that, like a name like Joey Tempest, like that is super fucking, that's next level, like I'm standing on a huge cliff and I'm urinating on you level rock star. Like that it is, is like, that name, and he came up with it is, as yeah. a rock star name. Like sitting in school, he said that in this documentary that I've been mentioning. He said yeah. like I was sitting in school drawing logos and uh, and trying to come up with a name for myself that was a rock star name. So it's really like by design yeah. supposed to sound like a rock star. Yeah. Do you want to know his real name, Eric? Are you insinuating that um, that that is not a real name? Oh, no, All right. Okay, his birth name. Lest you shame the Tempest family. Uh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so his birth name. Sure. <laughs> I want to hear it. Okay. His his birth name was Rolf Magnus. Joachim Larsson. Frank. Oh, wow. That's a hell of a <laughs> Frank Larsson. Frank. <laughs> no, Joachim Larsson, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but I, I, still, I still, I think that probably, yeah, I get, yeah. So, but now obviously his name is Joey Tempest. That's how he goes. No one's right. like Rolf. Yes. <laughs> or Frank. You will know Frank, but you have to listen to the other show to know that. <laughs> Let's keep it uh, in mystery. Um, uh, the song Man on the Edge. We haven't said a lot. But we've covered it. We said, like, I think we said quite a bit. I mean, we, we know, covered we, it, we, right? We're, kind of. We're at the end here of the song. I mean, if I, if I mean, I would, I would definitely put it on the list because if it was, if uh, if I had such say, because I just think it's the best. I think it's the best song. In my, well, I shouldn't say it's the best song. It's obviously subjective, but it's my favorite song from that era of the band, and um, and I think because it has found its way into Bruce era live sets, I think that kind of gives credibility just one to though it. just 99 that's true sadly sadly I'd, I'd like this live i could add that's something i could add that this would be great in any set any position of the set i think that it's yeah. it's it's a great song um again it i guess my appreciation for it is fairly rudimentary and kind of knuckleheaded i like it because it's a big little on impact big on impact that's right and when i was a kid um and even still sometimes now it's really still all about the fast songs for me and um, and that was a quick one, and, it, and after you know, following a couple really lumbering, <laughs> fucking long songs. I love "Sign of the Cross." By the way, I have to say, it's my favorite song of the era. Uh, yeah, it's it's not a it's not a bad song at all, and I appreciate it more now. But like after a couple of those songs, because it was "Sign of the Cross" and then "Lord of the yeah, Flies." Lord of the Flies is kind of uh, a little bit annoying in the way that it's not up tempo or down. It's kind of like yeah. slow up tempo. Yeah. So this one really like gives you what you need, I think, after that song. Yeah, basically, it was like the first two songs sat on my chest, <laughs> and then like when when Man on the Edge came, it's like they got off and I could breathe again. You know, <laughs> I, m- I might have, you know, maybe I, I guess. I mean, I, I also love Sign of the Cross, but maybe the, this, the the going into this album would have been less jarring 
if they put this up up top rather than signing the cross. I mean, I think I, I just for I, I I don't know that I think that I don't necessarily think that'd be make it a better album. But I think that'd be less jarring. They did that on the tour, right? They opened with uh, "Man on the Edge" on the yeah. Expect tour. If you're looking at it from a vinyl perspective, it's one of those songs that you either need to open the record with or open the side B with. Yeah. near where I live there's a huge cemetery the big, like the biggest one in Stockholm it's sort of an outdoor sort of well, outdoor they're all outdoors that was a really dumb thing to say. <laughs> it's an indoor it's like a mall I, a cemetery it's... mall ice cream <laughs> you get ice cream on the side it sounds like that I bet you Eric that sounds like there'd be something on the Simpsons like cemeteries of the future <laughs> right? yeah, so okay what I wanted to say was it's sort of in the in a sort of wood, wooded area so there's like trees there's a lot of trees among the gravestones and uh the entomb singer, he's buried there. Oh, so it's not this uh, uh, one where I live. Which where? Which, I mean, which I where was, the same one with the cross. I thought that it would be the grave would be. Yeah, that's that's where. Oh, okay, it's, okay, it's, it's, yeah, it's it stretches all the way from me to you. That's right, Eric. Eric, I did just want to. I just want to clarify again, just for anyone who's listening. This is an outdoor cemetery, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, open, right, air. open air cemetery. Open air. <laughs> oh yeah, that's well. Like I was. Um, I mean, not for everyone. Uh, we've we've discussed this. Uh, Mr. Headline and myself, and there was a band from America, Blood Incantation, and like any proper American would do, they were over there touring, and what did they do? They went and stood in front of the entombed cross yep. for a photo session. Yeah, which would have been hard if it was indoors. <laughs> um. Well, I mean, they could have gone in. They could have, but I mean, yeah. No, that's I mean, if they if they if it was indoors, that would you would presume there would be a doorway to get in there. That is very true. Yeah. Gateway cemetery <laughs> gates, awesome. but however. The, uh, the 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 indooring of of that cemetery would have been perplexing, considering I think on um, left hand path they're standing in snow. Yeah. That would have been confusing. Maybe the, I guess the only reason they would build like a, put that thing indoors is because there's too many people fucking pose in front of it. I showed Greg uh, uh, LG Stone as well. It's quite nice with the Morning Star uh, design. Oh, it's very the, nice. Yeah, and, and the funny part is because yeah, the Morning Star album cover like it really looks. It looked proper. Well, I mean, it's supposed to look like stained glass. It looks yep. super religious and yep. like Catholic yep. almost. You know, it's a nice stone. I think they gathered up cash for it by selling those uh, in memory of T-shirts.
Because when he was when he was sick, they were selling the, um, uh, the uh, what's it called? Also t-shirts, but not in memory of at that point. But yes, uh, <laughs> you know what? What a dick move! <laughs> what a dick move! Selling in memory shirts. Yeah. The guy's not even dead. I went ahead and printed these. You know, that's where it's heading. Obviously, so yeah, this will make you feel good. <laughs> this will make you feel good. well. We, well, we want to support you, but we also want to tell, let you know that we're incredibly confident. So, As you know, his last wishes would be buried in outdoor <laughs> Outdoor. <laughs> Only outdoor. Um, on the list thing, uh, uh, Man on the Edge goes on the list. Jonathan, pull it back. Pull it back on the chair. Yeah. So, that's, I was thinking this, maybe. Maybe we... Uh, I think we've done Man on the Edge at this point. I don't think we're going to be able to do... No, no, no. no the, so, so how about we sort of... We, we could also do it later today, you and me, if you want. Yeah, I think that's the... The way we're doing it, probably right. They're just doing it on our own, and you know, it's it's, it's a matter of yeah. sorrows. We don't have to spend hours and invite guests from all around the world for that one. No, we don't need to be men of sorrows. Well, we will be, but it will be just the two of us. Just the two, two men, men of, of sorrow, rather than three men of sorrows. Oh God, this is. Uh, yeah, okay, I gotta save this now. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. Should we do our bit of rotation or something? That's usually a good saver. Yeah. All right. So. Uh, <laughs> I have one all set to go. Good work. Uh, two things. I have uh, the uh, Trick or Treat soundtrack from the 80s as done by Fastway. Oh, that's a good one. Um, uh, got the... Um, Halloween I mean, is closing up too. The, yes, it is. And the movie is ridiculous. It's totally corny and over the top, but the soundtrack is really cool, especially the song If You Could See, which they pulled off the record before, an earlier set Fastway record, but the song If You Could See is... Um, it's one of my favorite rock songs ever. It's just a fucking great song. And I don't know if I, you guys know this. You guys ever hear Flogging Molly? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The singer of Flogging Molly was the singer of Fastway, Dave yeah, King. Did not know that. So, good stuff. And um, the the new Summerlands album, mm-hmm. Dream Killer. It's uh, just fucking awesome. And uh, me and Jonathan have discussed on uh, So Far, So Pod, So What, the transatlantic state-of-the-art speed metal podcast, cheap plug, um, that we are... Um, Currently, from a metal perspective, we are um, just, it's, it, it's an embarrassment of riches. Yeah, I was about to say that, yeah, yeah. couple months, I mean, the, the records that have come out, the you know, newest Bloodbath record, I mean, it's, it's just it's amazing. so much, so much good shit right now just coming in at the end of the year, and really, it's been a pretty good year for metal in general, so it's great stuff, but I would say, again, if I'm, uh, you know, if I'm listening to something this week it's either been the trick-or-treat soundtrack um specifically if you could see by Fastway, dream killer by summerlands and um of course well i saw the dio movie uh last mm. week as well too so i definitely had a fair share of dio sabbath and in rainbow and and uh solo dio what's the best song on the new summerlands to you oh let me pull up the track list real quick here i mean there's really i mean that's there's a lot of gold to to mine on that one but i would say Probably one of the more standout tracks might be one of the more subdued ones. Very much kind of like in a, maybe um, a more metallic AOR kind of vibe. And the song title is called... Night Ride. Night Ride, yes.
Um, that's one I really, I mean, there's there's a lot of great, I mean, if, if you're looking at, at this album, this problem, actually, I, I'm going to tell you right now, this might be like the metal record of the year. Um, if this if this were a record that came out 30 years ago, I would look at it and be like, there's like five potential singles on this record. Like, cool. Well, obviously, you don't really look at music like that really anymore, but like, you know, but the, the, the song out. Night Ride is is awesome yeah well i I put i put them on my uh, fantasy festival bill back in the summer and uh, i find them the best band of that uh, well you could call that uh, new wave of traditional heavy metal or something like that that genre you know with the yes night demon and haunt etc but uh, eternal champion i think they share Mm -hmm. members with eternal champion yeah they Uh, they shared uh arthur risk he was in on the last record as well too but but um, for me they are by far the best of this scene Uh, definitely the most interesting the most uh, engaging mm -hmm. and, and the most uh Magical, I would say. They've got a they've got a moodiness to them that uh, yep, that escapes yep. a lot of the bands. A lot of the bands they just kind of have like they have the splendor and the glory of metal. Mm-hmm. But Summerlands, there's like a a brooding, dark moodiness to it that is I just think is unique to them. And um, yeah, I think they're they're really good. I think the second record I, I enjoyed the the debut a lot, but I think the second record is it's even better. And I, and I wouldn't even say it's even better by a little bit. I would say it's even better by a lot. And again, this is coming from someone who really, really liked the debut too. On the debut, there were songs like "Time Lash," pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, "Time Lash," "Guardian," um, the "Blind," track. I mean, great, cool too, great song, great song. For yeah. me, uh, it's been uh, I got into more basic stuff lately. So, uh, for example, this band, The Misfits have come up again oh yes yeah. mm. greg was wearing a misfit shirt at some point as well which reminded me of that uh, eric are you wearing a misfits hat right now um well no it's 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 what's well, sort of inspired by that but it's from a podcast called tell them steve dave oh yeah that's uh, yeah. one one of your favorites i think yeah indeed yes but i'm wearing i'm wearing this shirt which the station and that's the two uh you know, that's Bill and Ted fans. I, I wore it specifically for you. There it is. There I, going, I nice. couldn't see it this whole time. It was covered up by your beard and the microphone. Yeah. Oh, there he is. Uh, so uh, I'm, I don't know much about the Misfits. Uh, you know, I was a Glenn Danzig fan when I was younger, and I still kind of, I, I love his weird singing, you know, like the, it's just like going for it. There's no technique. Like, <laughs> it's so fun. <laughs> what what record did you hold up? What uh, this record this hold is up? actually a collection of singles, this one that I have on vinyl is one of my earliest vinyl I got from my sister when I was younger. It's called Beware, I think. on that one uh, i believe yeah bullet is on uh, oh that song is so that song is lyrically um way ahead of music as far as how grotesque and offensive the lyrics could be i mean no one was writing lyrics like this yet in in really popular music i mean not to say that they were popular at the time but as far as like the, the content and how graphic it is i mean it is i mean it doesn't offend me it's it's ridiculous but i mean 
like I could if you played that song to, to someone who's not into punk rock or not into metal, they would look at those lyrics, especially if they're an American, and probably be very, very offended. Because it's all about it's all about the assassination of John F. Kennedy and then uh, um and then um <laughs> Uh, ejaculating onto Jackie Kennedy. Oh, okay. Oh, it's that <laughs> it's that kind of that kind of jam. Oh, it's um, it, it's it's very very. I mean, yeah, it's it's over the top, and this is still even, and this is even when in with twenty twenty two standards, which I mean, really, there's, I mean, music and and lyrics have been you know violated and desecrated now for decades, but like this is even still jarring and over the top. In 78, you know, it's a nice, it's all from that era, like the main era of, of, of punk. Maybe it's only offensive to Americans because of how beloved. Well, they, uh, ejaculating yeah. on someone after killing someone is usually offensive. It's frowned um, upon <laughs> in most countries. <laughs> <laughs> Other classics on this, Where Eagles Dare, same as the Iron Maiden song. That's yeah. a good one. We oh, go classic. Where Eagles Dare, I ain't no goddamn son of a bitch. You better think about it, baby, baby. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, she, classic band. Cool track. Classic band. She, London Dungeon. Yeah. Good stuff. Oh, uh, good then stuff. Uh, quickly, Alice in Chains have been back on for a bit now, and it's just getting better and better. Uh, there's so much gold in that catalog. It's an amazing band. Yeah, there's, there's a lot. Facelift, uh, I think, is the first full length. Yeah. Yep. I listen a yep. lot to that. <laughs> The, gu- the guitar tone, the snarling guitar tone, even the like the first riff on "We Die Young," like that riff is just, so just cool. that That's tone it. is just so it's just that. fucking mean and nasty. One of my favorite guitar players, uh, most inspirational guitar players, uh, Jerry Cantrell for sure, because he combines a lot of things that I that I dig and like. You know? What I recommend is checking out, uh, like uh, like 2002, I think he put out a solo record called uh, Degradation Trip. That's the best album Alice in Chains never made because it sounds like it sounds like Alice quite a bit on that. Because that he's the guy. I mean, he, he you know he's the guy. He's you know writes most of the stuff. You know, I bet a lot of that stuff. Because I mean, well, Lane Staley died in I think early 2002, so I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of that stuff he kind of had socked away for Alice in Chains, and then just eventually he just kind of had to give it up and realize that just we're just never going to be able. To, you know, what are you going to do? Sit on this material forever? You know? And then of course it's been working out well with uh, William Duvall as well. You know, what? and that's and that's like that's the fucked up part because like I've heard their new music and like I really when they got back together I was like Lane Staley had just such a great voice like they like. That yeah, scene, yeah, me too. Me too. You know, there was there was lines drawn, and when I was a, a burgeoning young metaler in the early '90s, you know, you really had to either hold on to the flag and still carry it, or you just had to kind of like kneel before alternative, alternative. music and grunge, and that was like, and that just that would not be done. However, 
bands like Alice in Chains and Soundgarden to a degree that kind of had that darker edge, had that metallic vibe to a degree. Faith No More, those are the uh, ones, Yeah, those are the ones that had the dark, those are the ones that were okay for me as a metalhead and acceptable to, to love. And Alice in Chains, like, when they got back together, I was kind of like, oh, never going to be the same. And it's really, and it's still really really good but i just haven't bought any records since they've been back together which is you know a dumb move on my part but like just the lane staley stuff will always be the best stuff rockstar very good definitely a reunion out the first reunion album, uh there's some really good stuff in that, that gives I, way I to also i'm not as yeah yeah mm-hmm. i'm not as familiar with the other two ones uh but you know what i've heard there there's there's tons of stuff there i mean they still sound like they still uh, oh they, they haven't they haven't lost a step they haven't lost a step yeah, you know, which is cool, and it's you know that yeah. made me realize what I already had realized that Jerry yeah. Cantrell is super instrumental. But they did lose something though, because it's not like they Lane. St- I mean, Lane Staley did write songs like "Angry Chair," which is like that's a, that oh, that yeah. song is a vibe to say to say the least. Yeah, you know? he had he had this charisma that wasn't about uh, clowning around or you know being right. extreme. It was uh, kind of more subdued and uh, very unique yeah. uh, rockstar charisma, I would say. So that you can't replace, obviously. No, but you musically, can't. musically they're still there. But uh, yeah, of course the vibe you know is better. Yeah. Something missing, of course. Is you have one of the integral parts is not there. It's obviously going to be different. And you know, I mean, I prefer obviously I prefer. Uh, you know, I prefer Lane Staley be still being around doing yeah. it. You know, and uh, um, but I mean, they've doubled their their their, their discography in the time they've had yeah. uh, devolved mm-hmm. the band. So and I, and anyone who hasn't, I recommend they, they uh, Funny or Die. I don't know if you guys ever heard Funny. I know or Die. Oh, yeah, yeah, they yeah, did yeah. A, they yeah. did a, a documentary or mockumentary to hype the release of one of their records, like maybe a decade ago. If anyone has a chance to see that, it's fucking hilarious, and it really shows. It really is, and that's another thing that's great about them is they have the well, maybe not so much uh, since Lane Staley's gone, but when Lane Staley was in the band, they had that darkness, which was kind of like the vibe, the heroin vibe, you know, like, yep. for lack of a better term, but like, they have that darkness, they have that heaviness, but, you know, to offset that, and almost like it, to tie it in common, like a maiden fashion where they always had like the super serious vibe, but they never ever hesitated to do something like ridiculous, like roll over Vic Vela or, or, or something like yeah. that, you know, something comical to offset it, but like, the documentary they did for release, maybe it was, did they have a record like The Devil Put Dinosaurs Here? Yep. Yeah. I think it might have been a documentary to um, to hype up the release of that record. If anyone has a chance to see that made by Funny or Die, it's it's pretty good shit. It's uh, hilarious. I'll send the link to you guys later. It's fucking awesome. I also want to just a sh- quick shout out to, uh, before I do my rotation, to the... Uh, the uh, obviously very intelligent person, the Swedish po- politician. I don't know. I don't know. The per- I can't remember the person's name at this point. This intelligent person who is now apparently part of the government does not believe in dinosaurs, which is very fun. What? Uh, <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> what album is this, Greg? Ooh, it's so nasty. Blessed are the sick. Fall from grace. Another me born to I got reminded by the new Bloodbath title. Survival of the Sickest is the new Bloodbath, so I went yeah, to yeah. the original. It's 1987, man. It's pretty fucking immense. Decibel Magazine over here in America did a blood, uh, an Opath cover story maybe a decade ago-ish, and um, the 
they start out every issue with a letter from the editor of the magazine. And they were talking about how, <laughs> like, the, just the album. They did a photo shoot with Mike Ackerfeld for the cover. And um, they were talking about how, you know, Opeth has evolved so much. And, they're, you know, they've gone so much further than whatever progressive death vibe they had in the early days. And, and then he said a bunch of stuff. And, like, then they said, but to be fair, uh, he, growled around, he, he growled along with every line of Blessed Are the Sick, which we played while we took photos of him. <laughs> so, I, I love that. I, like I that. love that Morbid Angel is like is is such a touchstone for, oh, for, yeah. for even you know the most you know advanced of mu- musicianship. Even even they give it up for for Blessed Are the Sick. You know, definitely. Like that's I mean, for me, awesome. it's the it's the main death metal band for me. Uh, I could just uh, you know to move on to Eric, I could just say that like it's the main death metal band. Always has been. Really got me into the genre for mm. real. Uh, alongside Death, but Symbolic is not that heavy. Uh, I love that album for other reasons. But uh, yeah, the, the, that's the rotation. I've been listening to a lot of music, so I had to make three picks now because uh, i got probably nine more. But uh, time for Eric. <laughs> yeah, it's the same for me. There's been a lot of stuff, but just like this past weekend. Um, so uh, on Friday, me and my, my girlfriend went to see a Scottish band called Biffy Clyro. So I've been listening a lot to them. Their latest album is very good. Ben has, ben has mentioned them quite a few times. Um and then today, yesterday, I, I helped organize a movie screening of two John Carpenter movies. So it was uh, uh, The Thing and In the Mouth of Madness. So I've been on the way home uh, last night, uh, a little bit too late after a bit, a few, a few, you know, more, more uh, competitive acts throwing beverages than I, than, I, than I was initially thinking of uh, planning on having, considering I had to get up to do this. I was listening to a lot of John Carpenter. So just a lot of John Carpenter and uh, Scottish sort of alt rock has been this weekend. But there's been like also the Blood Bass has been on rotation too because that that's that's a great record. The Machine Head's been there. It's 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 a there's a lot there's there's been a lot of good stuff recently music wise. I mean the Carpenter stuff is not new, but and yeah, I think Greg has been listening to the new Blood Bath as well. I, I haven't been I haven't really started yet. I kind of glanced through it. Uh, sounds cool. That's- I the chorus to one of the new songs on that record. I'm not even kidding to you. Uh, not even not not kidding to you. I'm not kidding you. Um, it it goes through my head. I'm going to say at least five times a day. Which one? Um, it's a malignant maggot therapy. And it's just, there's nothing fancy about the chorus. It's just one of those classic choruses where they just say, well, no, they say more than that, but like the, the big hook is the saying of the chorus. So, like, at least five times a day, all I hear is malignant maggot therapy, onset of death. Like I'll just hear that just flash through my head at least five times a day, and that's yeah. that to me is that's a hallmark of a great that's song. Death metal. You know? I got death, death metal. Yeah. yeah. So I got to round yes, off. Yes, time to round off. Uh, nice to have you back, Greg. Nice uh, to have both my dear co-hosts on the same show about Man on the Edge. Great song. Great, great movie that it's written about. Um, no, nothing, uh, nothing obscure about it. It's just a, a great maiden song to. Hang out with the hang out with the buds and, and have a good time too and ramble on about a lots of lots of cool shit. I want to so. play that one with Infinite Maiden. I think that's a good choice from. from oh you, you fuck yeah, that. dude! Fuck yeah! Yeah. So with with that, I guess we should uh, really round it up by saying uh, our little slogan. <clears throat> Sorry. Up the irons and skull from the north. There you go. And that's no wheat snack. <laughs> and that's no wheat snack. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
kind of a deep purple sound. I would say his, uh, his black mortar is showing. 